ReachMD XM157 now presents this month's special series, Exploring Heart Health. Can sitting in traffic cause a heart attack? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today in the studios, Dr. Scott Budinger, Assistant Professor of Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine at Northwestern University, and Dr. Mutlu, also an Assistant Professor of Medicine at Northwestern. Both of them are authors of a recent paper entitled, Ambient Particular Matter Accelerates Coagulation Via an IL-6-Dependent Pathway, Soon to be made into a major motion picture. Doctors, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks for the invitation. Doctors, how bad is our air? Are we going to become fossils as a result of the fossil fuels we breathe? Our air is definitely posing a public health risk um, in many ways. Particulate matter air pollution is one of them. I think that our study and others that have come out from the epidemiologic groups and from other investigators looking at mechanisms of by which the particulate matter causes cardiovascular events suggest that we should do more to make the air cleaner. And are you guys, besides researching it, are you being activists a little bit? Are you doing anything outside of the lab to kind of raise awareness and get our air cleaned up? Um, or no, you're too busy. <laughs> too busy doing the science. Well, well we're here. <laughs> the, uh, Are you at least I, driving hybrid cars yet? No. No. <laughs> Are you thinking about getting them? Yes. yes. Okay, good. Is our government, is it even on the radar? I mean, is our EPA even concerned in the least about our air? Because, you know, our government historically does not really care. They only care before we're born. And then once we're born, they don't really care what happens to us. The EPA nationally is not really seriously considering lowering standards, but this is happening in California, where the particulate matter standard is being lowered even further. Actually, there are a number of physicians and physician scientists that have sat on the advisory panel in California and made these recommendations based on the epidemiologic data and on studies um, like ours that have actually shown how these particles can cause toxicity. I think that as this becomes, you know, as this moves across the country, that we're likely to see a reduction in the standards. One thing that's clear from the epidemiologic data, and actually from our own data as well, is that there doesn't appear to be a safe level of these things, that there doesn't appear to be a flattening of the curve at some low level. And certainly the current standard is in a range where we see health effects from the particulates both epidemiologically and in in vitro models. I'd like to talk a little bit about heart disease, if I may. And I'm sorry if I get on a soapbox, so bring me down if I talk too much. We've heard a lot about the Mediterranean diet, and I personally think the Mediterranean diet is a bunch of baloney. I think the Mediterranean world, the environment there, at least it used to be extremely clean air, extremely clean water, and I don't think it was their olive oil and their feta cheese that was making them live longer. I think they were not exposed to a lot of particulate matter, and as any country becomes more developed, they develop heart disease, and our country wants to blame it on McDonald's. Guys, jump in. This is Scott again. The cause of heart disease, I think, is multifactorial, and certainly obesity and diet make a difference. I think that it's absolutely true, though, that pollution, is certainly particulate matter air pollution, is a big contributor to heart disease. We have a lot of studies that have come out. The epidemiologic studies that were done 
in the the, uh, 70s and the 80s. A recent study that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine that actually was part of the women's health study that showed that there was more atherosclerosis, significantly more atherosclerosis in women that had been exposed to higher levels of particulate matter in the United States compared to women exposed to lower levels. We know there's another study in the New England Journal that showed that if you were sitting in traffic, that your risk of having a myocardial infarction substantially increased in the subsequent four hours. And that was whether or not you were driving. So it wasn't a driving stress. If so you it, wasn't bus, road, it wasn't road rage. It was not road rage. It was, it was what you were breathing in. It was what you were breathing. So if you were sitting in a train or if you were in a bus, it was the same increase as being in a car. And what do you guys think is doing that? What do you think the trigger is? Before we talk about the trigger, there was also another study. This is, I don't know if Mediterranean diet was a protective thing for the Mediterraneans or if they were not exposed to particulate matter, that's why they were protected. But there was a, another study that was published in New England Journal of Medicine in June this year, and they looked at the cardiovascular events in the United States, and they found a reduction compared to the 80s and 70s. And uh, one of the letters or correspondence that was sent in response to the paper was that maybe it was due to better air quality standards, improvement in the air quality standards. So it's possible that the lower cardiovascular mortality in the Mediterraneans could be due to lower exposure to particulate matter indirectly. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today in the studio is Dr. Scott Budinger and Dr. Gokan Mutlu, professors of pulmonary and critical care medicine at Northwestern University and authors of a recent article, Ambient Particular Matter Accelerates Coagulation Via an IL-6-Dependent Pathway. We're talking about how pollution can potentially cause heart disease. We know from autopsy studies that kids that die of, let's say, some traumatic injury, if you look at their coronary arteries, they've already got significant disease. And even three-year-olds or five-year-olds have the beginnings of fatty streaks. And these kids are not eating McDonald's yet. So I think that lends even more credibility to your theory that if you live in a toxic environment, you're going to develop this disease. Yeah, the uh, exposure to air pollution may affect the cardiovascular system in two ways. One is, if you live in a polluted area, this was supported by epidemiology, in the long term, that may lead to atherosclerosis. In fact, there was an animal study that was published in JAMA that sort of confirmed that. So they got these animals, they're called APOE knockout animals that had atherosclerosis, and they exposed them to low levels of air pollution versus filtered air and compared the atherosclerotic plaques between these animals. And those animals that were exposed to low levels of particulate matter actually had worsening of their atherosclerotic plaques. So there's definitely a link between long-term low levels of exposure and development of atherosclerosis. What we studied is a bit different. We studied the effects of acute elevations of particulate matter and the effects on uh, cardiovascular mortality or events. So if you have atherosclerosis, if you're exposed to high levels, you're more likely to have a cardiovascular event. In fact, if you look at the epidemiology, every 10 microgram per cubic meter increase in PM10 levels, particulate matter less than 10 microns, which EPA regulates and measures, you see a 0.5 to 1.5% increase in cardiovascular death event. Do you gentlemen have any idea how that is actually playing out in the coronary arteries? Is it causing vasospasm? Is it causing rupture of a vulnerable plaque? 
Is it causing, you know, an arrhythmia? Any ideas what's actually happening in that artery? So if you look at the clinical epidemiologic data, there is an increase in heart attacks. There is an increase in strokes, but only ischemic strokes, not hemorrhagic strokes, which is interesting. There is an increase in defibrillators going off in those who have AICDs. And there is an increase in decompensation of congestive heart failure, which may be due to ischemia. The mechanisms are not well understood. Our study proposes a mechanism that may be one of the mechanisms, at least, is the tendency to form blood clots, so a hypercoagulant state induced by these particles. And our study shows that it is the pulmonary inflammation which leads to an increase in interleukin-6, and that may lead to these events. Interleukin-6 is an interesting cytokine that is released during inflammation because it actually has an effect on hemostatic factors, coagulation factors. It increases factor eight levels. It increases, in our study, we found that it increased factor two levels, factor 10 levels, which actually may be responsible for the reduction in the uh, prothrombin time. Interestingly, there was a study, again from Mediterranean, since you brought it up, from Italy. The investigators looked at the different coagulation profiles in humans. This was published recently when our paper was in review. They found that those who lived in more polluted cities in Italy, which are probably the northern part of Italy, they had a reduction in their prothrombin time, which actually confirmed our findings in humans, which may be responsible for the cardiovascular events. The other possibility is these particles, if they're small enough, they may translocate into the blood and may have a direct effect on the heart, as Scott was talking a few minutes ago, and may cause a direct effect by causing oxidation in the myocardial cells. I think the next logical question is, if you live in a polluted area, should you be on aspirin? And does aspirin have an effect on interleukin-6? Scott? So aspirin, to my knowledge, won't decrease the IL-6 response. It will decrease the coagulation. In our model, we actually induced a thrombosis in the carotid artery of the mouse and looked at the... Uh, with poor this, mice, you guys. Yeah, we weren't <laughs> you guys got a thing for mice. <laughs> we actually did that with an injury to the carotid artery. We saw that the time to carotid artery injury could be reduced with heparin. We didn't actually look at aspirin, but it would be a reasonable approach. Or should I go on Coumadin now at age 45, living in Chicago? I, I think um, <laughs> a little aspirin, would, be fine, aspirin right? would probably be fine. This is a pretty mild coagulopathy. What can we do as physicians to reduce levels of air pollution? I don't think we can do anything to reduce the levels, but we can increase the awareness mm -hmm. about the link between air pollution exposure and cardiovascular events. I don't think the drug companies will like that. They want us to all believe that cholesterol is the enemy. <laughs> I think you need to target pretty much everything you can as the risk factors. But they've convinced us that cholesterol is causing the disease. I mean, it's the only target we have once you have the disease, but the average American thinks, I have high cholesterol, oh, if I control that, I'll be fine, I can keep smoking, and I can keep you know, mowing my lawn and sucking on the exhaust pipe. I agree with yeah, you. I, I agree with you, too. I think as clinicians, what we can take from not just our study, but from all of these studies that we've been talking about, is that those days when the particulate matter are high, those days when you hear on the radio that 
particulate matter levels are high, that you should advise your patients, certainly with known coronary artery disease, that they should stay indoors. That's an effective way to reduce particulate matter exposures. Is there a website or something that people can go to if they have heart disease to just know? Because, you know, if they don't turn on the news at the right time, they're not going to know. The EPA actually has a website that has the particulate matter concentrations on it, and it's updated relatively frequently. My 73-year-old mother who's got coronary artery disease and peripheral artery disease I should tell her to look at that every morning, and if it's a bad day, she should stay inside. I think so. I think so, because we do this to patients with asthma. Right. Or they, they're aware of that. And patients, and unfortunately, even our cardiology colleagues don't have much knowledge of this link. So we need to increase the awareness among physicians as well as patients. Last question. Do you have children? Yes. Yes. All right. As do I. What should we be doing with our kids to get them away from air pollution? I mean, it's a tough one. It's a good question. There's actually evidence that uh, we've just talked about the cardiovascular link between particulate matter air pollution and disease, but there's a link with lung develop- impaired lung development in children with particulate matter exposure. There's asthma exacerbations, probably asthma incidents as well. And so this is a problem for children as well. And telling children to stay indoors is a, not, a good idea. not a good idea. So They'll get fat. We don't have video a, games. Exactly. We don't have a good answer. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a great time. Thank you. Thank you very much. We've had Dr. Scott Budinger and Dr. Gokan Mutlu from Northwestern University talking about the effects of air pollution on heart disease. Thank you for listening to this month's special series, Exploring Heart Health, on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals.